We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I am back in Phoenix, living like it matters. Spent a little bit of turkey time in the Midwest, in the Windy City. Some wonderful hospitality there by the family. I certainly appreciate that. Shout out to the nephews, Austin. Appreciate it, man. Avery, appreciate you opening up your house. Uh, had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Probably ate more turkey than I should have, but it was turkey. It wasn't pork. wasn't you know I didn't eat a whole lot of ham. Although I got my, I got my portions of ham. I'm not gonna say that, but uh, just thankful, thankful to be back. Thankful for the time I had uh, with the family, and it's, it's always uh, um, good when you're with family and friends and loved ones and celebrating a holiday and acknowledging what you're thankful for. So I thank God for another beautiful day here in the Valley. Talk a little bit about sports. I got to apologize. I was missing in action for Sunday. I uh, spent some time down in Fort Lauderdale. I was down in the area uh, working on a documentary, Mind Games, if you will, with my man T.J. Thomas Jones, former running back. Of course, I, I, like, I love them days when Thomas was you know, toting that ball for the Chicago Bears. Of course, I was in Chicago and uh, just had a, a great time with him and his executive producer, well, his producer, Thomas, of course, his executive producer, uh, his producer, Ronnie, and their staff. They did an excellent job. Spent some time there with Guy Troop as well. And uh, John St. Clair and his wife got a chance to see Big John, of course. Uh, John also retired and spending time down in the Fort Lauderdale area. So I was busy, but of course, I I did my due diligence, did my homework, you know, checked out all the scores, uh, did some reviews, understand that some people played well and some people embarrassed. But Thanksgiving Day, uh, since I was so thankful about Thanksgiving Day, and it, it was it, it was a while ago, but Thanksgiving Day football was good, with the exception of one damn thing that went on that just really upset me. And I got to spend some time on that. Before I spend some time on that, I also want to say uh, look forward to Going to New Orleans, and of course, uh, in New Orleans, we will be broadcasting live from the Player Network event, the Player Networking event. Looking forward to uh, working again with Guy Troop. Um, Spencer Tillman, again, will be there as our host of our second, second annual broadcast of Handle Your Business 
uh, it's actually, I think this is the, this may be the 14th or 15th player networking event. Uh, we here at Voice America, uh, by way of uh, NFLLegacy.com, broadcast it live online, uh, internet TV, if you will, and let the people all over the world into what goes on in players' lives beyond the football field. you got to handle your business on the field, but you also have to handle your business off the field. Because after all, you know, the average person just plays three and a half years in the National Football League. And that that's a very short period of time. You know, that for, for that reason, we no longer call ourselves retired professional football players. We're not identified, and it makes a lot of sense. Professional football players, former professional football players. Professional football players will not be called retired players any longer. They will be called former pro football players. Because at 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, even 30 years old, 32, whatever, you're not ready to retire by no means whatsoever. I don't care if you have enough money that you don't have to work another day in your life. The human body was not built just to lay around and do nothing, not to challenge yourself, not to make things better for other people, not to be creative and create opportunities for others. That's not what your your body wasn't built for that. You know, you hear people say the body wasn't built to play football. It was for a short period of time, <laughs> not until you're 60. Uh, but uh, the player networking event, it is a career fair, if you will for players who are uh, preparing themselves for the transition. And I'm, I'm an advocate for those who prepare themselves earlier than later. It's one of those things where you reach a point in your life, if you get a chance to become a professional athlete, you know that you cannot play the game your entire life. You're going to have to do something else. So it's best that you plan. And while you're active as a professional athlete, to do you know, some looking around and experimenting with, with, with things in the offseason as an employee, as an intern, you know, maybe even going ahead and, and get into entrepreneurship and, and buy a franchise and just, but just experience what it's like during your playing days. In the offseason, you can spend some time doing that. And you may find out that either you like it or you don't like it, but you'll have a chance to make an adjustment while you're playing where the hit, if you will, it won't be so hard. The change won't be so difficult. You know, the adjustment of leaving practice and, and playing football and going into corporate America won't be such a shock to you because you would have done it even while you were playing. And after all, you've been going down this dual path for many years of your life. You've been a student athlete, so you've always been a student and you've also been an athlete. So now the, the student side is in place by employee, you know, or employer if you own the business, and athlete. So you can still, you know, you're creative enough. God has gifted you enough. You can do them both. But the better you get started in that, you know, post-football career, that what used to be called the retirement stage of your life from the game of football, the sooner you get to work in planning that, the easier the adjustment and the transition will be. The transition is difficult. And, and perhaps maybe those things that people talk about in terms of what happens to a player once his career is over with. I'm not even going to use that term broke, but I'll say broke. And by the way, broke, come on, really? Broke? 
you know, broke, all that means is fix it. That's all. Something, something happened, a little adversity. They got repair shops. You can repair your life. You know, you make a little money, you lose a little money. Okay, so what? Life is not over. You just don't give up. That's the bottom line. Take those intangibles, those life skills that you learn on the football field that are transferable skills into the real world and just apply them. That's all. So what? It's like you got sacked on the football field or interception or missed a tackle or something like that. You get up and you, you line up again. Woody Hayes used to always tell us, it's not the one that you hit and he stays down that you worry about. It's the one that every time you hit him, he just keep getting up and coming back and coming back and coming back. And that's what you want to do in life. You may have some adversity. You may fall down. You may fall, but that's okay. Get up. Go again. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Okay, now I've been um, spending a little time talking about the Player Network event. Of course, it'll be in New Orleans, down where the Super Bowl is. Wherever the Super Bowl is, you can also find the Player Networking event each year. It's a traveling road show. Guy Troop does an excellent job. certainly appreciate him. A person that is committed to be a resource to support players, knowing that it's a, it's a very difficult thing to be faced with in life. Feelings of some people have left you, and he, he remains to be there in a supportive position and assisting with creating opportunities. You got an idea of something that you want to do, some career path that you're interested in going down that road? You're looking for an executive that can assist you in that? Troop can make it happen. Troop 21 is the name of Guy's company. He continues to work with the league and with colleges and universities across the country and with players. Always open to work with players. Appreciate that. Okay, listen, I've uh, I've told you that, but I want to talk a little bit before I'm, I'm going to, I think I got about three minutes, but I'm going to welcome to the show a good friend, particularly to the show and to me, and I appreciate that. And Kevin, Kevin is, you know, always low, always know he's going to be there because he's always got some good things to say. Kevin, hope you had a lot of turkey and a happy Thanksgiving. How you doing there? I'm doing fine. Thanksgiving was wonderful. And uh, I was blessed to enjoy the Thanksgiving and watch football and be around our loving family and friends. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Glad you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. But And I, and I thought the games, Thanksgiving Day, were, were great games, good games. I was happy with the exception of one. And I, I just got to start off with that one, and that is, of course, the only one that was an embarrassment to the world, and that was the New York Jets against the New England Patriots. I can't, For the life of me, I cannot believe that the Jets showed up to play a football game. Thanksgiving and Christmas, I mean, those are like bowl games. It's not quite like the Super Bowl, but you know everybody in the world that has a, a, a connection to a television where they can see an NFL game is watching and you show up and get beat by 30 points, 49 to 19. It's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. How, Kevin, what do you think? I mean, they knew Thanksgiving Day was coming. They knew the Patriots were going to show up and play. We only got a minute, so we can't go deep into it. But just a real quick thought. Were you surprised that they played that bad on Thanksgiving Day? I was very surprised. It was very disappointing. And they didn't play like professionals. And, and I, I agree with you. And that, that's the problem. You know, those, these young men are paid a lot of money to play football. 
and, 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 and they know that that's a special day for football. There are certain days that are special days for football. You just know that everybody's going to watch football. New Year's Day, Christmas Day, Thanksgiving Day, New Year's Eve, you know, holiday time. It's, this starts off the holiday season of football. And it is, it's an honor to play on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, it, it's almost like making the playoffs. It's almost like being in the Super Bowl, you know, playing in a bowl game, you know, to play on Thanksgiving Day. That, that, that's a reward. That, that is, that is a reward. And, and, of course, we know people like, you know, Detroit has always played, I believe, on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, the Cowboys and the Redskins have always played on Thanksgiving Day. But for the Jets, the number one market in the United States, probably the world, and to stink up a joint like that, man, I, it's so bad I got to take a commercial break. I hear a little music. I can, we're going to talk about this. We're not going to let this go. This, 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 somebody got to get fired. That's what I'm calling for. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back after this break. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show, here's the rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I am back in Phoenix, living like it matters. And, uh, you know, as I said before, we went, we, we went to break. I, you know, I just, I have to acknowledge that I was not happy at all in the performance of the New York Jets. And, and, and the reason why I wasn't happy, for one, you, you're playing Tom Brady. You're playing Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You know they get ready for every game. And I don't know how, you know, you, it, it, it wasn't like this is a game where, 
you know, you don't prepare because you're looking ahead down, you know, to the the game on the schedule after this game. You got the New England Patriots coming up on Thanksgiving Day. Now, I want to know how you can be so ill-prepared. I mean, it's so bad in New York. You're already, there's a controversy going on about your quarterback. Your head coach got one foot out the door. You know, it's so bad that the fans, you know, they're so upset that they've run off the number one New York Jet fan that there ever was. The, the fireman, they didn't run him out the stadium. He don't even want to represent the team anymore because, you know, he's wearing a jersey that represents the starting quarterback, Sanchez, and, and, and they're giving him some, excuse me, shit, if you will, and, and, and he's tired of taking it. I mean, it's, it's getting that bad up in New York that the, the number one fan who's hollering, you know, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 is, he's not going to do it anymore. You know, because the fans are getting, the fans are so disgruntled that they don't want to support him because he's got on Mark Sanchez's jersey. So if they think the answer is, is Tim Tebow, and, and, and let me let me say this. There have been times before where people used to say that the fans don't have a voice at the table. I think that changed on Monday Night Football when they had those replacement refs in there and we saw somebody awarded a touchdown that was not a touchdown. The fans took the social media, voice was heard, but that was the entire league they were speaking up on for the entire league. Get these refs out of here. For the New York Jets, this is just one team. But because they played on Thanksgiving Day, fans from across the country might have some input on this. I'm not a Tim Tebow fan. I I wouldn't have Tim Tebow as my starting quarterback in the National Football League. But the New York Jets as a team as a whole were embarrassing to people that pay a lot of money to go watch them play and also you know, get the games on television. It's because the advertisers are able to, you know, show their product to the world and we go out and buy it that these games are shown on television. So when I sit down on Thanksgiving Day and eat my turkey, I want to know I'm going to watch some good football. And if the New York Jets is the best product you've got to put on the field and they can't get it done, then that, doesn't rep- that does not represent to me the best football. And so what I'm saying to you now, Kevin, is... I'm not a fan of Tim Tebow's. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Did the Jets make a mistake by not putting Tim Tebow into the game to try to give them a chance to, to, you know, to perhaps maybe satisfy their fans, but also to satisfy the people who are watching the game because we want to see a good football game? Should they have put Tim Tebow in that game at some point in time and given them a chance to maybe win a or, or make a competitive game? I believe they should have put somebody in. They should have put Tebow in because, again, that game was so pathetic. I believe a lot of people just turned the channel on their TVs. Is Re- is, has, has Rex Ryan lost, you know, I mean, when when they say lost a locker room, when you got guys in a locker room, you know, you always are taught as an athlete to give the company line. And you pretty much know what the company line is because when you start off the team meetings, you know, the head coach kind of, you know, gives you an overview of last week's performance 
of what was done wrong, what was done right, what we could have done better, what we got to do as a unit to go out. It's all us and against them, against the world and all that. So the company line is kind of put out there. And then when guys, you know, in the media, you know, of course, they don't want anybody to know who they are. So they, you know, make a deal with the media. Hey, man, don't put, you know, tell, otherwise I won't, I'm done. I'll be done with you. Okay. But I'm going to just tell you this, man, I ain't for him. When, when the media can convince your players to say things that the head coach does not want them to say, is that a sign that the head coach has lost his locker room? I believe so. I, I, I'm looking at Rex Ryan like how we have looked at North Turner in the past. Ooh. You just pretty much lost your team. You know, they, they're not buying your, your motivation. They're not buying your height no more. And about the only ones that are trying to play is those that probably want to be on next year's, uh, uh, roster. Other than that, uh, I believe he just lost the team, period. And you know, when you, when you think about those who are interested in being on the team in next year's roster, you know, you got some guys that are starters. You know, they feel pretty much like, you know, they're okay. You know, and, and they should be playing the best ball at all times. And, and everybody should be playing their best football at all times. They should be prepared at all times. But then you got guys that, you know, that are borderline. And so they're looking for an opportunity. They may be playing better. I didn't see anybody on the Jets team that made me feel as if, hey, man, listen, come on. You know, we got to get this thing going. You know, they wanted to play football. Nobody showed me anything other than quit. That's the bottom line, other than quit. There's some teams that you see that they go down fighting at all times. Shout out to my Cleveland Browns that won. I didn't get a chance to say, but the Cleveland Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nobody thought the Cleveland Browns were going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, people have people have already cashed things in for the Cleveland Browns at the beginning of the season, certainly at the end of last season. You know, they were done. You know, but it seems as if, you know, they, they'll fight. They'll, they'll be in a game for a little bit. They didn't know how to close games out. It looks like they found out how to close a game. But they, they, they would keep trying at least. That's the problem I have with it. You don't get beat in the National Football League. No team in the National Football League. You know, there's parity in the NFL. You know, when you look at teams, you know, you don't see spread points or suggestive spread points of, you know, three touchdowns. You don't expect a team to get beat by 21. You, you don't have, I don't, I don't recall ever seeing, you know, the, the, those talking heads on the Saturdays and the Sunday shows that'll say, well, we expect them to get beat by three touchdowns. Nobody's ever expected to get beat by 21 points in the National Football League. Certainly not expected to get beat by 30 points. And so I, you know, for me, I just, you know, I, I just, I don't understand that. You know, you got, you got the Cincinnati Bengals beating the Oakland Raiders. Now, are the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, 24 points better than the Oakland Raiders? See, I, I can't accept that either. I, I just I just can't accept that. I, I can accept the Tampa Bay and Atlanta game of 24 to 23. I can accept that. I can accept the Baltimore Ravens and San Diego Chargers 16 to 13. I can accept that. I, can ex- I even can accept this. Well, I don't know, but I'm going to accept it. San Francisco, New Orleans, 31-21. Now, I expected that to be a little closer, even in terms of the final score, because the final score doesn't always tell you, you know, what the game was, you know. And and then you get, you know, 
you got Green Bay and the Giants, 38 to 10. Now that, let me ask you a little bit about that. Was that surprising to you? That was very surprising as well. And, I, you know, I do understand, you know, we are in the month of the cold season and you have players that's hurt. But you got to still, being a professional, you got to step your game up. You know, when you ask to be called in for that call of duty, you go and, and, and you play the best of your game. Is there and so much? Is there so much parity? Kevin, know, is turnovers, it, like you say, with, you know, turnovers is uh, is not going to win the game. Well, let me ask you: Is there so much parity in the game that when the guys, the when the guys, the starters are getting hurt, that the backups? who used to be backups, are now starting on other teams. So, therefore, the backup guy is really a third-team guy, and he's not that I, – I, I just – you know, a lot of times when you're watching the talent, the deficit of the ability to play at the starting level compared to that backup, there's so mu- there's such a wide margin of performance between those two guys that one is so much better than the other – and I think that's where the parity comes in because you used to have, like, uh, well, example, last year the Eagles had, they were six deep in their secondary in terms of starters. There are actually two guys on the Eagles now starting in the National Football League, other places that were on the Philadelphia Eagles roster last year. And the Eagles don't have the best. They didn't even make the playoffs last year, and they're certainly not going to make the playoffs this year. But, you know, my question is, is, is the talent with this parity such that you really can't, you, you, we always used to say you got to play good offense, defense, special teams, coaching got to be good, and the team that stays the healthiest throughout the season is going to be the better football team. Do you think that's really some of the issues that's happening now in the National Football League is some of these teams are, are, are losing some of their starters? Because I think a lot of people will say if Big Ben was starting, there's no way that the Browns beat Pittsburgh. And, and you know, and I disagree with that. You know, uh, the Browns outplayed Pittsburgh. I mean, they line. It was the the Pittsburgh line. You know, and, it's, and for some reason, these teams that are getting blown out are are losing. It, it goes back to their offensive line. You know, They're and not stepping up to their challenge. You, you, you know, and and this has been the first time in a lot of years. Well, I have seen some terrible offensive line play. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be honest about that. You know, I've even watched some college football, and, and you know, you got USC down on the goal line, you know, trying to run a, a quarterback sneak, and the offensive line can't even let the quarterback get in a half a yard into the end zone. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Is, is the, are the defensive linemen, and I see it's almost going to be time for me to take a break, but, but let, let, I, and I know we've talked about that before, Kev, but, the defensive lineman, when it comes to sacks, okay, the athletic ability steps in. You know, they're more agile. You know, they're more elusive. They're quicker off the ball. But even the running game, you know, what is it that the offensive linemen have been compromised in terms of their ability? They're not playing. I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins, and Dallas, you know, not able to beat RG3. Ah, man, Tony Romo, his offensive line. Tony Romo. Yeah, let's talk about Tony Romo. I hear some music. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Tony Romo, is his offensive line his problem or is Tony Romo the problem? The Cowboys. I'm glad the Cowboys are a problem. 
I just don't want them to be doing too well. It's kind of hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a personal thing. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Form or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show, you listen to Ray Ellis Sports. I'm the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Before we went to that break, we, of course, uh, I, of course, started to talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys and Tony Romo in his, in his line. But, you know, I, I can't really say that I have to fault Tony Romo in his line this past week. I have to just give credit where credit is due. And we saw a young man, RG3, you know, play like a pro. I mean, like a seasoned pro that had been around for a long time. We saw the Redskins, you know, create, you know, a couple turnovers. Uh, we saw Tony Romo, you know, he has a pretty damn good game with the exception of, uh, you know, a play or two here he could have made and he, and he didn't make. But let's just, let, let's just, let's just talk about that. Uh, if you will, Kevin, the Washington Redskins, RG3, you know, threw some great passes, you know, uh, I know the fact that, you know, his receivers, particularly Gasson, one, one great catch he made way behind him, grabbed it. He might have ran for about, you know, it might have been like a 60 yard touchdown pass, you know. But I, but I also know that, that, of course, Tony Romo threw an interception. I remember one interception in particular that I, I just, I know he wish he could have had it back. And uh and that's where Hall, of course, got an interception. 
And D'Angelo, as a matter of fact, later on, uh, you know, on that onside kick, I think uh, he had a chance where he could have went on and scored, but he kind of fell down. So, you know, the Redskins played good football. They look like a good football team. The Cowboys, you know, this is Texas Stadium. How is it in your home field where everybody is for you as opposed to against you? you got the support you need from your fan base. People usually perform better at home than they perform any place else. And Tony Romo feels like or plays like he whether play any place else than in Dallas Stadium. Is it is is Texas Stadium is it that bad for Tony Romo? I mean what what is it? Do you think that, you know, here's a man who should perform at his best at home, can't win any games at home? That's where your fans are at. He can't win at home. Well, it goes back again, like I was saying last week. You never know what Cowboy team going to show up come game day. And the thing with Romo, because, again, I believe Romo a good quarterback, but when they get behind or when that front line is not blocking, Tony have a tendency to try to put everything on his shoulders and try to do it himself. So, a lot of times he 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 would throw uh, bad passes and get picked off. Yeah, I, you know, and that's what I, you know, Tony. I think, and we used to call them gunslingers back in the day. There there are quarterbacks that have so much confidence in themselves that they think they can complete every pass. You're not just some, but they think they can complete every single pass. And Tony made some good plays in the game. There's no doubt about it. He made some great plays. Uh, I think the 80-yard touchdown pass to Dez Bryant where, you know, Dez came across the field, Tony found him, and Dez, of course, you know, outran everybody and, and went to the house. But also I got to think about this. I, you know, you got another Ryan in the picture here, the defensive coordinator. You know, the Cowboys on the on the defensive side of the ball, and there might have been a couple backups, but they were ill-prepared. They made some mental mistakes of which cost them dearly. Two touchdown passes cost them dearly. You know, you got, uh, you know, a wide receiver. You you know he's an outstanding sprinter, you know, running down the field, gets way behind your secondary. He's gone. You're not catching him. And and, and then you have, uh, you know, another time where, you know, play-action pass late in the game, you know, you think it's going to be run. You know, but you still got to watch your keys. I think the Cowboys, and I would not think that a Jerry Jones team would take the field and not be prepared mentally in terms of studying. But there is very obvious to somebody who knows the game that there are mental mistakes going on with the Dallas Cowboys. Are they not the kind of team that's, that's, that's disciplined enough, you know, to spend time and extra time in, in their playbooks? I mean, I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to spend. I mean, you're a football player. It's it's the season. The priority is football. That that's your life. That's your job. You should not be making mental mistakes. I'm looking at the Cowboys making a little, a lot of mental mistakes. The Cowboys are beating themselves a lot of times. Do you think that's the coach? Do you think that's the players? You think that's the owner that's tolerating? Do you think a player needs to go? What kind of statement can they make to say that guys, listen, we're not going to tolerate this mental, these mental mistakes anymore? What, what, what do you think in your mind needs? How, how do they correct that? Well, first of all, I believe Jerry Jones needs to just write checks and stop trying to 
culture as well. And uh, I believe what they need to do, uh, evidently, uh, find them. When they start making the mental mistakes, find them. That's what Tom Carson do over in New York. He'll find them in a minute, you know, and don't nobody like losing their money. You know, I like that. I, I, I do. I like the fact there's two things you said that I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree that Jerry Jones perhaps could be part of the problem. I, I agree with that. I understand the fact that you own the team. You own the team. You have the right to do and say what you choose to do. It is your team. But you need to get out of the way. I definitely think you need to get out of the way. I think that's part of the problem. Excuse me. And then I also like the fact that you acknowledge about what Tom Coughlin does. That I, I've known that man since he came into the National Football League to coach Mike Quick, uh, to be the receiver coach, to teach a young man how to play the game at the at the professional level, and did an excellent job. Mike Quick, one one I think one of the best pro football players at that wide receiver position that ever played the game. Uh, the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles now, if you will, uh, on radio. But hit him in the pocket. Hit him in the pocket. Take some. They, they should be fine. I just don't think. And I'm, but I, I'm one of those people again. I think a, there's many aspects of football that are related to the mental aspect of the game. But I, I do believe that fines are appropriate when indeed people don't perform at a certain level. And and you can you can just simply look at something, and you can tell. I mean, when you see a guy, you know, looking in the backfield where he should be looking at his receiver, and the receiver runs right back, pat, run right past him because he's looking in the backfield. Come on, it's obvious that you're reading something that you should not be reading. That's not the person. That's not your key, you know. And so, when you see receivers, you know, running in the area throughout through a zone. And again, a guy, you know, reading one player where he should be reading another player or looking in one area where he should be looking in another area. It's obvious. And, 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 and don't, don't get this wrong, people. You sit in meetings and you discuss these things. And so players are corrected and they're not expected to make those same mistakes again and again and again and again and again. But when they consistently make the same mistakes and they're being beat the same way, in each game, I, I, I think it's time. I, I definitely think it's time. So um, I agree with you. You know, I, I think the Dallas Cowboys and, uh, you know, do you think there'll be a coaching change with the Cowboys coming up at the end of the season? I, I, I believe that Jerry's going to probably give that man uh, one more season. But I, me, I personally, I think that uh, – he shouldn't be a uh, coaching. There should be a coaching change. And well, I believe the reason why Jerry's going to get that, that guy one more season is because Jerry handpicked him himself. And Jerry don't want to be wrong. Yeah, let's talk about something else. Let's, let's talk about, if you will, another team where perhaps maybe I, I have to concede that there may be a coaching change. Although I don't think that's going to be the right thing to do. I think there may be, and I think the Philadelphia Eagles are looking at a coaching change. Uh, I'm sure you got a chance to see some of the game. Do, do you think uh, Andy Reid may be coaching his last year in Philadelphia? Unfortunately, yeah, I think he is. And and it's too bad because 
Andy Reid is, I, I feel, is one of one of our NFL greatest coaches, and he's a man that puts his job before he puts his family. I think that's apparent. I, I, I really do. I, I think that this year Andy Reid has done that. I, I think if I'm the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm faced with some of the things that Andy is faced with. I, I was just, as I said, I was down in Florida uh, spending time with Thomas Jones. And Thomas is doing a documentary in, entitled Mind Games. And, and, and we focused a lot on the mental aspects of the sport. I got to stop and think in terms of mental. You know, when I approach this, in my mind, this game. If somebody wants to call us, 888-346-9144. Just think about this mentally. Can you really focus on the fact that you've lost your son and totally concentrate? Because that's, what, that, that's what's needed when you play football. It has to be, you know, concentration to the nth degree. Because everything happens in split seconds. You don't get it. You don't really get a chance to think about it. I mean, the longest you have at anything to think about is the week of practice and preparation. Then once the, t- once the game gets there, you got halftime. And halftime is maybe like, you know, 20 minutes. You got 20 minutes. And then once you get out on the field, then you got about, you got, you got, you don't even really have 45 seconds in between plays. You know, because really you got to be ahead. You got to be thinking ahead. So you have time for nothing. You got to de- try to, you know, you know, put things in, in this compartment over here and, and compartmentalize this over here, running, special teams, situations. It's not easy because you don't know what's going to happen in the next play. But you got to be prepared. And if there's anything that sneaks into, you know how it is. As human beings, you could be looking at one thing and the next thing you know something else comes on your mind. It's just, it's, it's just part of being a human being. And I just don't know for the life of me if it is fair of us to think that Andy Reid was going to perform at the best of his ability this year. And so I say that I, you know, I concede that maybe it's going to happen. Do I think this should happen? No. But then there's other reasons why I think maybe it should happen. And that's my personal support for Andy, why it might be good for him. Change might be good for him. But I'm going to come back after this break, and I'm going to ask you, okay, if Andy Reid is not the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles next year, is Andy Reid coaching someplace else, or is Andy Reid taking a year off and then coming back? You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Andy Reid, next year, in Philly, someplace else, relaxing or coaching. I like this song. We're going to come back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, let, let me throw something out here real fast because I'm, I'm about to talk about somebody losing a job possibly and getting another job possibly, and that is Andy Reid. But before I go there, I, I just want to say this because it's important to me, and I think it's important to those people out there that listen to me. Okay, you got the Auburn coach who's been fired. Okay, I think his name is Gene. Uh, Cheswick or something like that. Something similar to that. Maybe I messed it up. But if Cheswick is fired and he's no longer going to be a part of the program, could somebody please tell me why he is deserving? I believe it is of $208,000 a month through 2015. Now, in the event that he gets another job, whatever compensation he gets will go against and it will reduce the $208,000 per month through 2015. But this is what I don't understand about college football. How is it that you can tell me that you've got a young student athlete who is helping to contribute to the program, whether he's there or he leaves, whenever, Let's talk about when he's there because I'm involved in some of the things that when he leaves. So let's talk about the present day athlete. Okay, the present day athlete can't you can't give him anything extra, but you can pay a man two hundred eight thousand dollars that only got the two hundred eight thousand dollars because those guys went out on the football field and won some games. Yes, he helped coach them, but obviously you didn't think he was that good because you let him go. And the only reason why the guys that are on the football field. People like Cam Newton are still there because they went someplace else to get a job where they could get paid because they obviously were playing good enough to get paid in college because somebody's paying enough money that they can pay a man $208,000 a month 
till 2015. That's not even going to be there. So why can't that student athlete get more than what you're, these little pennies you're giving these kids? This, this is just ridiculous. This would not happen any place else in the world. I mean, Honey Boo Boo can get her money. Michael Jackson was nine years old. He was getting paid. You know, you got little girls, uh, whatever her name is. I can't even think of her. She got an Oscar when she was a little kid. Shirley, whatever, Temple, whatever her name was. They were children, but they were good enough at the profession that somebody would pay them. So they got their money. Why are these kids good enough that people were paying so much money that they could pay a man $208,000 to not even be in the stadium? But they can't get any money. That, that is, that, come on. For anybody who's in school, who's studying business, you gotta sit up and, if you go to University of Auburn and you're in a business class, you need to stop that class, stand up, boycott, and say, wait, we got something we need to address right now. Because it appears to me, business, let's look at this football, this business of football. Because this is a bad business model. And a bad business decision is being made based upon what people are reading about my university across the world. So I just want everybody to go out there and go to auburnsports.com and you'll see that Chiswick was dismissed and you can read that article. But that, that makes no sense. You can't pay a student athlete. You just won a national championship a couple years ago. I guess Cam Newton had Cam. If it wasn't for Cam, you wouldn't have got it. But this man, him and Cam together, you know, Cam's gone. This man's, you know, he's been fired. But this is just, <laughs> this is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Okay, so let me go. Now we talk about Andy Reid. Again, coaches' money is guaranteed. So, see, see, they get their money. Now, Andy, and I'm not against Andy. I'm for Andy. But Andy may be relieved of his duty. Is Andy going to go someplace else next year and coach? And... If he does, Kevin, where do you think he might find himself? I'm looking at somebody like Arizona Cardinals. I think Ken Wesenhunt may be coaching his last year here. You know, you look at uh, the Carolina Panthers, uh, it could be. Detroit Lions, again, another opportunity for Andy to possibly find a job. Do you think Andy would settle as an offensive coordinator, or do you think he's going to? be a head coach, or do you think he's not going to be coaching anywhere next year? Or will he still be in Philadelphia? Kevin, go ahead. There's a lot of questions. Answer either one of those. Well, I think that uh, if he don't take a year off because he has had a lot of uh, things going on in his life this season, I believe he's going to come to sunny California and coach over with the San Diego Chargers. I think normally uh, Norval Turner, I, I believe his time is up in San Diego, and I believe that the Andy Reid will come over there and become a head coach for now, uh, San Diego Chargers. Now, it's interesting because I think Andy does have some roots in California. I don't know exactly what they are, but, of course, he spent some time here in the state of Arizona uh, up at NAU. I know he was there as a coach and maybe as a player, uh, but Andy does have some. So, so you think that may be a place he – I mean, mathematically – Nah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Norv really has a chance mathematically. So I don't think the Chargers are going to make the playoff. They've already lost seven games. So, so I, I think they're done. I don't. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. If they're done, 
you're saying that Norv is definitely out of there. And it appears that they are done. So Norv's out of there. Andy Reid, you think, Andy, that's a good match for Andy to come to San Diego. Now, let me ask you, Andy, he probably would enjoy the warm weather. It would be a good break for him. But if if, if he leaves, I was thinking, hmm, I know another place that wouldn't be bad for Andy if he would, if he would be interested. And I think he's got a couple people there that he knows quite well. And that's the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to petition for Andy Reid. If he leaves Philadelphia, go up to the dog pound. For one thing, let me just say this. Joe Banner Joe Banner and Andy Reid, they built, it, it can't be a dynasty because they didn't win anything. But they certainly built a very, very, very good football product in the city of Brotherly Love. Very compet- every team they put on the field was very competitive. As you may or may not know, Joe Banner is no longer with the Philadelphia Eagles now because he has become a very important part to the Cleveland Browns organization. Very low key, but Joe Banner is now in Cleveland. I believe one of Andy's other executives that worked with him up in the front office is also with the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, I don't think they're, well, no. Mathematically, the Cleveland Browns are out of it too. They're, they're not going to make it to the playoffs. But but the Browns are playing well. They're playing good football. They're playing competitive football. We know the Ravens are probably going to win that division without a doubt. Now, these other guys, it, it, listen, the Ravens, you, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers at 6-5. and five. You know, you got the Bengals at 6-5. and five. No, they're, they're not going to run the table. So they're not going to, you know, I don't think they're going to beat the Ravens. You know, you got the Texans obviously going to win. They're going to win the South. And, and then you got Denver looks like they could pull that out too. And so there are some other, you know, job opportunities where I think there would be some changes. As I said, I think Jacksonville is going to be looking to make some changes. Um, you know, maybe even the, the Raiders, uh, you know, the Raiders just, they just want to win. The Raiders could, they could, they could bring a coach in one year and, and, and fire him and bring somebody else in the next year. Their, their people would be okay because they just want to win. Now, Detroit, I don't know if Detroit, Minnesota is going to be another place where I think, you know, Leslie Frazier did get a year in. Another year, I think some people thought Leslie was going to be gone. Leslie could possibly be on the hot seat, and he may be out there. You got some issues going on in New Orleans. You know, would Andy want to go to New Orleans? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure, but he's got a quarterback in Drew Brees. That might make it exciting for him. He might consider that. One thing for sure is Andy Reid has to go someplace where they have a quarterback at. Now, in Arizona, so if he comes out here, if he were to come to Arizona, because remember, he got some roots here in Arizona, Andy would have to get a quarterback. These guys he got now, you remember now, Kevin Cobb is the backup here now. Andy had him in Philadelphia. Does Andy think he can win with Kevin? I'm, I don't know about that, but he had him on his staff. So it wouldn't be bad for Kevin to be a backup for him, and maybe he'd go after somebody else. But I think right now Andy Reid might be considering what would life be like for football for me to take a break you know, Andy's, you know, Andy may be, but I'm not sure Andy's a television type person. I don't think Andy's going to find himself on the pregame shows, postgame shows, or, you know, weekly shows. I, I think Andy would step away. He and his wife would go somewhere, relax, just forget about everything as much as they could for a while. And then perhaps maybe come back to pro football. But I don't think that's really the way he should do it. I think Andy should leave Philadelphia, find a team, start all over. And I think he'll be like Dick Vermeil. 
I think he will win a Super Bowl. Andy Reid, without a doubt, in my mind, is a Super Bowl caliber coach that not just participate, but to win. And I think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen in Philadelphia. Andy Reid is not going to. And I think those people in Philadelphia have, you know, come to a conclusion that it's time for them to part ways. And that Andy's not Andy's not going to make it happen. So I don't know. I, I, I think I may have to, you know, maybe that time. I think I hear some music. Maybe time for the show to end. But if it's not, I'll keep going. Uh, because, of course, you know, I love doing this show. But when they put that music on, then, of course, that lets me know it is time for the show to end. Listen, you've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Shout out to my man TJ Thomas Jones, Mind Games. And, of course, my good friend Guy Troop, the player networking event, will be this year in New Orleans at the Super Bowl. And we will be there again. Handle your business.